to Go Home Heat, an NXT podcast. We have Justin calling in. Thank you, Justin. Yes, sir. All right, we're talking a little NXT here. General observation, it does really feel like an indie company now. You mean a developmental company? Yeah, and it also has a bit of a, like, I, I don't recall seeing a show with the same look to it as what they have. I don't hate it, though. It, it's just different from what I recall. I did read an article yesterday going talking about NXT in general that said that um, Vince uh, Meltzer has reported that Vince understands that he has the bulk of his talent or the bulk of his drawing talent is in his late 30s to early 40s. And he kind of blames NXT for that, which is different from I blame NXT for losing the the Wednesday Night War. Is or I blame NXT for giving me people I can't make into stars. Right. He had an issue with the fact that the people they had on the roster that were coming to the main roster were in their mid-30s. And I can see his point, Kevin. That's a very good point. Because when your Vince's world, you have to factor in the first five years of their career are going to be taken up with all your bad <laughs> ideas about what their character should be. <laughs> You're going to have them wearing puka shells. You're gonna have, uh, you know, wearing polka dots, <laughs> gimp masks, and then you're gonna have to rehab their character for another year. Yes. So unless you've got six good years, of just- and then about four or five more, it doesn't. <laughs> the math doesn't make sense, Kevin. <laughs> well, there you go. You know that explains it. But I do understand the concept of I have to get younger. And I can't, you know, like, if I was going to go, if I wanted guys in their mid-30s. Now, that sounds like Vince McMahon. What's the his, other con. What's his con's name? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it sounds like, more like that guy. Maybe, maybe, or or even, you know, somebody, somebody else who's saying, look, I don't know if you've noticed, but we keep having to bring Goldberg back and Brock back when we want people to watch or Cena back when we want. And it's been really telling over the last handful of years how much they keep having to bring back people when ratings are down. And it's, it's getting to the point where, oh, ratings were down last week. Boom, we put somebody. And they don't worry about it as much during Monday Night Football and the playoffs and all that. And it makes sense because it's just only so much you can do. But they do need to build, you know, when's the last time you heard, you know, Randy Orton's the youngest champ ever or, you know, Brock Lesnar's the next big thing, you know, and, and these guys are young. You know, as much as I love what's going on with Big E, he been in there, he, he been around. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's not his fault, by the way. No. And it's also not NXT's fault, right? But you could say that signing a Sami Zayn who was late in his later on into his career when he comes in and gets in NXT signing Kevin Owens and then you turn around and you bring in the undisputed era none of these guys are young i definitely get where you're coming from though if you know you immediately put them into something that mattered it wouldn't be as big a deal if they were 30 cuz that's still a decade worth of good stuff you got out of them yeah if, if you have them fiddle around <laughs> you have AJ Styles Right. You have Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. And you put them together at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And, and who and what do you put on the screen? A kick and a dingling? That's not the fault of age. Because <laughs> Shinsuke can still go. Dude, Shinsuke can kick crap out of just about everybody on that roster except 
people named Brock Lesnar or uh, uh, any of the amateur wrestlers. He's up there with any of them. Well, uh, to your point, though, this whole roster right now in NXT is kind of amateur wrestlers, right? Oh boy, you got a bunch of them. You okay. got some. You got some legit, some legit badasses. Okay, so I like this. So I like a lot of these guys. Right. I'm kind of. I'm kind of not enjoying what I'm getting. All of a sudden, what do you think about Gacy? The promo beforehand. I, what I think about that character is this guy better be really good to make this character work and not be stupid. But I think he's doing pretty good. He's got good crazy eyes. He sounds like he, he sells a believer attitude that you know. That weird crap he did where he rubbed, uh, oh, what's his name's head? Parker Bordeaux, whatever they're calling him. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that was crazy, right? Okay, to your point, we'll talk about what happens. We, we Gacy gives his promo, Champa comes out, they have a pretty doggone good match. That dude can go, man. He's got some moves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Champa took care of him in the way he called it. You know, it was, it was well done. And then, of course, Champa goes over. But, you know, no hard feelings from our, our hero, but as he's going up the ramp, the guy who, uh, attacks, um, who they haven't really talked too much about, he's just been staring in the distance, he's a, a mountain of a man. He's um, terrifying. Correct. And then he goes to choke, or Gacy. Gacy, and Gacy just touches his face and he runs away, and I have no clue where that goes. Like, I don't know if- I know uh, that's what I would do. If I was a big tattooed giant, like, ball dude, with- and I reached out and choked some dude. He just reached up, started rubbing my face. I'd be like, nah, nope. Yeah. I'm out of here, boss. This is a level of crazy that I don't know that I'm ready for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I had thought- a certain level of crazy I was prepared to deliver and deal with. And, and you stepped right past it. I'm gone. <laughs> wound up enjoying the opening segment though. I'm, I'm totally confused as to where we're going. Champa is a, is a good, is, has shown that he is good in this scenario for, you know, like if you want to put others, if you want to continue him as champ or not and keep having him have good matches with younger talent, obviously he can do that. If you, I, I love, I, I didn't, I didn't hate this at all, you know? Mm-mm. Okay. And then we move on. Uh, good wrestling. And when it's over, I'm confused about where we're going is not a bad spot to be in. No, no, no. It makes me watch next week. Okay. And so the women's division is toxic. I don't know if you know that. And so Mandy lets us know that. They're there to win titles and all that, and she, she and then they get out of the ring. Then we wind up having the intro of Ivy Nile and uh, Valentine Feroz. I thought that this is her first match. I thought Ivy Nile was incredibly impressive for a first introductionary match, and especially when you know that she is not a professional wrestler, right? She has a, like, she must have started training after that Titan show. Right. She wins the Titan games, which is a show The Rock hosted on NBC. But anyway, she, and she is physically impressive. She catches the girl in a crossbody. She looks at her. She's holding a, a, a human in her arms and she looks over at her coach and the coach says, lift her up. And so she lifts her up. It, it's just incredible. Now how put her on your she, back. Right. Now throw her up and juggle her. Right. <laughs> Right, she's able to do it. It was a little like there was a one scene there where she went to push her into the turnbuckle, and I don't know if she pushed her too hard or if that was in script, but the girl fell and it almost looked like, oops, she mm-hmm. was excited there and shoved her a little too hard and pushed her down, which is fine. It just and then and they kept going, they worked right through it. Impressed? You you liked it? I I do. I think she's very impressive. Her look, 
her move set. Man, that's the only version of a torture rack I've ever seen that actually looked like a submission maneuver. Okay, thank God you brought that up. I thought the same thing, you know, I thought, you know, a torture rack, because I don't have a very good back anyway, it doesn't look comfortable to me, but it doesn't look like the kind of thing that I couldn't, like, sway my body and fall out of. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so that was when, not the same thing there where she was like, I'm going to bend your spine around my neck, and I'm going to try to make my hands touch. Trying? Oh, my God. That was so crazy. <laughs> and I thought, she can't do that to everybody, obviously, but wow, when she can do that, like even if she only can do that in maybe 30% of her matches because of the size of the, of the competitors or whatever. Dude, how badass would it be if she could do that to Raquel Gonzalez? She might be able to do it to Indy. I bet, she, dude, that girl is strong. I don't know where her strength, like. If she can't do it, it may have to do, I would think my mindset is arm length. Arm length more than anything else. Right, because like Raquel's head and legs start very far apart. Yes. You know, you know what I mean? So it might be a little bit harder, but dude, it's crazy. Like I said, if she can only do it 30% of the time, it's still a nice reminder every now and then of what she's physically capable of. Oh yeah. She'll have to find another finisher to go with it for with some of the, yeah. you know, but it's, it's going to work. I'm sure anything she, that girl does is going to look like it's a, you know, yeah, Bivens comes out after it's over with like the cat or hops in the ring like the cat that ate the canary. He intros his crew and it gets interrupted as Ikemanjiro decides he wants to just oops announce himself into because what people do in wrestling shows is just come out mm-hmm. and start talking and they immediately get a championship match. What's happened on this show is that's been part of the gig a couple of times in a row here lately. So mm-hmm. Eichmann thinks, well, why can't I do it? And that's when they hand him over to Julius Creed, who puts a whooping on him. Again, I thought this was well done because it took what had become a little bit of a trope on the show, took mm-hmm. advantage of it, and got to showcase Creed. And Euro looks like he's going to be enhancement talent right now, and that's okay with the gimmick. I think it kind of works for him. And I do see him being the kind of guy that a crowd like – Fuego del Sol, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. On the other, on the A-Dub, you know, the, the crowd just really got behind that kid, right? Because he just, he tries to gut it out and it never works out for him. And I think that Euro can do that here and get a crowd following behind him while he loses. And then if you want to do something with him later, it's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not everybody, not everybody's going to be Cena. No. Speaking though, Tony D'Angelo, huh? That dude's hilarious. He is. Now, we had a segment somewhere in here where the, uh, was it Lash Legend segment? Uh huh. I didn't love it. I'll be totally honest mm-hmm. with you. It was a completely over rehearsed style of environment, and it was, you know, a lot of this in the background. Yeah. And so that was, and then, you know, she tells a joke and that kind of thing. It was fine. It did set up where I hope the whole thing winds up going, which is Tony D'Angelo um, putting her production assistant in the trunk of his car and then telling us a story. And he doesn't tell us that he's in the trunk, but when he walks away, he said, you know, the guy was a lovely guy. He just told me I couldn't go in, and he walks away in the, in the, in the trunks rattling and somebody's screaming. You liked yeah, it? Yeah, I did. I think it works. It gave him character. It gave him character. You had uh, Next, you had Ridge Holland and Pete Dunn. Versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von and Von Wagner, I like this a little bit. You, oh yeah, you you put 
you put Wagner in a situation where he's in there with guys that can work. Obviously, they're complete. Each wrestler is completely different, so you get these like totally different matchups every time somebody gets in the ring. You have O'Reilly and Wagner go over based on Wagner leading them. You know what I mean? And O'Reilly looks yeah. kind of shocked at how well this worked out. Holland's leaving to go to the main roster, so he eats the pin. Everything kind of works out that way. Pete Dunn is now going to be in a land on his own. Okay, my favorite part of the show comes up next. Chase University. Do you remember this segment? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dude, did you like it or hate it? I have no idea yet. <laughs> if I have to watch this 15 times in a row, I will hate it. I hated it right up until the time the kid asked him a question. Because, you know, he talks about how he taught Odyssey Jones a lesson by pushing his leg out from under the ring. Because if he'd put it on top uh-huh. of the ring, he couldn't have done that. Yeah. And that was like, oh, this is so stupid. You know, he does it in the classroom, whatever. And then the kid raises his hand and says, so blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that's a great question. And I'd be happy to answer to that. If I gave a blippity. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tells the kid to go to the dumbass classroom with Steve and says, until, and give Steve a big happy F you. (laughs) Yeah. Suddenly became the, the coach Dude. in high school. And I'm I'm always like, man, I get so tired of people saying the B word or the whatever word, and I get so tired of like trying to act tough or whatever. But this was just so I'm trying to act tough because I'm not. I'm a teacher imposing my will on these poor people that have to listen to me. Yes. I just dude, I ate it up for no reason. I just I cackled when he when he when he did that, I just started busting out laughing. I, I I'm sorry, I'm a twelve year old. Sometimes I'm a Sometimes I'm 12, dude. Uh, we all are, buddy. We all are. <laughs> Give Steve a big old F you for me. Yeah. In the dumbass room. The dumbass class. <laughs> okay, Duke Kenderson beats Grayson Waller in what I thought was another really well-done match. I-, I love Grayson Waller, even though he's not having much luck lately. No, dude. That guy's got some moves, doesn't he? Right. Duke being the – I think he's a poker player, right? That's what they're going with now. Duke being a poker player, and then when he gets hit with the move and acts, he gets hit with the springboard cutter, and he falls into the ropes to, and so he can't get pinned right away. And so then when the kid goes to repeat it, he thinks, "Oh, he outsmarts him," and he hits the rope, which causes him to fall, which sets up the loss. That felt like a poker move, right? Uh huh. The match works in character, and I love this kid Waller. He is so athletic and fast. And then a little bit later, even though he loses. You have Cameron Grimes stroll up on him, and it's like <laughs> Cameron's like these two, these two right here, dude. How much do you think it'll work though? It'll work fine. It'll work great. Because I think so, Cam, I think I think Cameron Grimes can work with anybody. And and if you're gonna, if you, come on, if you're telling me you're gonna have Cameron Grimes swiping right, swiping left. Oh, I watch it, dude. And and like unable to like successfully portray himself to any woman in his life. I'm all in, dude. I'm all in because I can totally see that dude not being cuz the funny thing about the way where Cameron is as a character is he's so like not genuine, but beneath all that is this really insecure guy that just wants to be liked. And it has that, you know what I mean? Like it's not, mm-hmm. a, it doesn't feel like a wrestling character. It feels like a sitcom character. Yes. And, uh, but he's, he is a great wrestler, but I'm just saying, and I love Waller's presentation so far. He's easy in front of a mic. None of it's, 
tough on him. Moving on, though, I don't think you'll like this. Saray, Amari Miller versus Indian Persia. Mm-mm. Let me guess. You'd like Saray to be doing something better than this. Oh, world's better. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> they got nothing for her, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like, how do they not have anything for her? I don't get it. Again, she did fine in this match, and Miller's the one who gets beat up, and Persia is green, 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 but Ooh. she has size on her size. I like anybody that does a snake eyes. I'm all in. You know, you want to be Big Daddy Cool Diesel, you can be Big Daddy Cool Diesel. You know what I mean? But yeah. also, though, if you're going to do the snake eyes, you got to have a big boot in your arsenal, right? That is the That is the move. That's, so I would I would request that she she figure that out. I think she's got potential. She's far more comfortable right now on the mic than she does is in the ring. Mm-hmm. And they do go over to your chagrin, right? Oh. <laughs> okay, but then they so Indy Indy's buddy Persia says, "Hey," and I like their little finisher. As uh, I love Indy's springboard elbow. To me, is a it, hey Shawn Michaels. And Macho Man Randy Savage won a lot of titles with an elbow. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles has won a lot of titles with a springboard flying elbow. Mm-hmm. This little mix-up of the two, first of all, I'm pleasantly surprised that she figured that, that out and it would be cool. And I'm a little surprised that nobody ever figured that out before her. Because mm. I don't remember seeing it. I haven't seen I don't remember seeing it. And she hits but it I'm pretty, not. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she hit it clean. I don't remember seeing that before. I like it. I do, too. I love it. And so having them together, boom, the finish is cool. The Persia says, hey, we ought to be challenging for the titles. Indy starts to call out EO. EO runs down like, you're not going to call out EO, period. That's what we found out about EO, regardless of what belt she's holding, is you don't call mm-hmm. her out. She, she's ready to fight. And so yeah. she comes out, and she says she doesn't. I, I, I like her and Zoe, even though I already know where it's going every time. I don't like you. I don't like you. I like you. You know, I get it. You don't like me. Well, don't speak for me. You know, that kind of thing, yeah. right? I, I get it. I like it. But then, of course, toxic attraction runs out, and we get these fisticuffs, and then uh, the champs hold the ring. I like. I, I like the interaction. I don't. Are you a little scared that toxic attraction is going to wind up having all the belts after Halloween Havoc? Oh, it's entirely possible. Okay, it feels to me like a Halloween Havoc. If you want weird stuff to happen is the spot, right? Because you mm-hmm. could have like a zombie get involved or you could have <laughs> And if you and you know me, I think that you just gotta subvert expectations. <laughs> yes. So we'll have a spider get on EO's shoulder or something Yeah, stupid. a giant spider. <laughs> the ghost it's a ghost spider. It's a ghost of Rowan Spider. Dude, if they broke out Rowan Spider Anywhere in Halloween Havoc, I'm popping. Because if you want, if you want to remind me of some of the worst moments in the history of your company, at a show where you hope to increase viewership, I'm all in. You should have it jump out and have Cameron Grimes yell something like, "Oh God, it's a career killer spider!" and run. <laughs> Say it again. Oh God, it's a career killer spider and run. <laughs> Okay, and so we wind up having um, Legato del Fantasmo abducts him early in the show, abducts three-fourths of Hit Row early in the show. This is Swerve. How the hell do you abduct top dollar? 
Yes. That was a, a fort lift. That was a Kareem Abdul Jabbar reach of uh suspending your disbelief. Disbelief. <laughs> First of all, how'd you get him in the back of that thing? Did you take out the back seat before you even went to get him? Yeah, they chunked him in there. Like, man, dude, there's no spe- what y'all had to take out two two rows for that. Well, two hit rows. Two hit. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> okay, so but they should have. To me, they should have had the um, well, you know, the chloroform spots or a taser. Yeah, yeah, or just hired Dexter to do it. Yeah. That would be, you know, that's a whole other, a whole other way you could go with this thing is have Dexter just be like, yeah, the man for hire as he abducts different people. Yes, maybe that's not where you go, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we wind up having a match, and what a fantastic match it was. The other thing that's a little scary to me is I read because this is a no holds barred street fight style fight between Swerve and Escobar. And one thing I read was the reason Escobar didn't get pulled up is because Vince thinks the product's too old. And that terrifies me because what does that mean for Escobar? Does that mean he stays here? Because I'm I'm cool with it. If Escobar stays here and winds up in the title picture and he and Champa get to be the only people that stay out of the out of the older guard and maybe O'Reilly, hey or and Grimes I'm cool mm-hmm. with that, but I, I think they said that Escobar's, you know, mid thirties, maybe. Yeah, dude. With that, Vince moves him up. It's forty-two. He's forty-two when you finally get using Kevin for anything big. Because first, you're going to make him come out there in a elephant luchador mask, and right. he's going he's going to be called Dumbino. <laughs> Riding a lawnmower after they get. Uh, yeah. Juan Deere. Oh my God, that was the worst. No, no, I don't know. It's close. It's bad. It was up there. It was up there. Maybe the worst moment, if I want to go to worst moments in WWE history, I think I go with Vince kissing Trish while Linda McMahon is comatose in front. That's up there, or do we go with Triple H crawling into a coffin with a cane mask on? It really depends on what you feel about the virtue of the dead. Yes, yes. Or or the uh or the living. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Oh, real quickly, they did in- intro solo Sikoa. Solo Sikoa. And he is a Samoan, I believe, and he is a part of the the Uso Nawai family, I believe, and this is great, right? Mm-hmm. Because they I like the idea of if this guy if this guy does good, he knows he's good to go, right? Because he can slide. And you're in the bloodline. Maybe you can get on the bloodline's part of the show. Who was the Who was the person that we think is the person who was burying something in the graveyard? Dakota Kai, right? I like that idea. It makes the most sense because for whatever reason she didn't get moved up, which makes no sense to me. But hey, I love her in this division, and if she's got to recreate herself. She's done that yeah. already once, and it was really good. So now I, I'm a little leery that it could wind up being something. She's in a graveyard bearing something. Halloween Havoc's coming up. Like, is it Taker 2? Is it, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, if she sits up in one of her matches, oh, yes. yes. Right? That moment. <laughs> 
Will everybody cheer? Oh. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but the ending of the show. Correct. This match was a banger. Oh, jeez. And Escobar's as good as it gets. Swerve's as good as it gets. Together, they have fantastic chemistry. The the setup of the people being abducted beforehand allows for them to fight each other one on one a lot. You don't have as much. You got to focus on the performers more. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, shenanigans don't wind up getting in Swerve's way as he winds up gutting this thing out and going over. And it's like, what are we well, doing? Well, they almost go ahead. Did. Remember, because the Joaquin and Wild came out, but Trick and Carmelo Anthony keep them from interfering. Correct. Which was little did we know, right? Did you see any of this coming? I was as soon as they came out there. I saw I saw the ending. You, oh, you did. Okay, good. Good for you. Because I kind of I didn't really quickly think that a contract meant money in the bank. I I thought it. I thought it was like that, and when. I thought, are they going to put it on? They got to take the, the North American Championship off of it. And when, and at first I thought Escobar was just going to win it back. But then when those two came out there, I was like, oh, I see it. The third, the third angle they could go with. I think I got so wrapped up in in the ending of this feud, I just didn't really think about it like that. But but good for you, man, because I mean, and it was pretty pretty obvious once you figure out that it's a money in the bank contract, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. so he wants a uh, swerve goes over and then Carmelo cashes that sucker in and wins a quickie over swerve. And we have Carmelo as your new North American champion and the future is bright. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was creative. It was well done. It was what we had come to expect from NXT in years past. Uh, you, did you enjoy the show? I did. You know, there's some, there's some, you're going to see a lot more green stuff right now. So you got to, got to sit through some parts, some clunky parts, but you see the, pro, you get to see the progress. You get to see them start now. Some of these folks and, and then we'll look at them in a year and be like, man, remember when they were kind of green and clunky and couldn't do things right. So you yeah. see some growth process mixed in with some really good stuff too. It's like watching a college football game or a minor league baseball game. Exactly. You know, there there are times when you're going, oh, oh, wow, these guys, you know, that 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 guy, that linebacker for Alabama, he's different than everybody else. You know, or mm-hmm. that that young pitcher for whatever they want. And it's funny because you remember uh, Bull Durham, mm-hmm. Champa, Champa is kind of the Kevin Costner, right? He's kind of the Crash yes. Davis right here on the thing, you know, and like. Uh, Braun Breaker is your nuclear louche. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's you, you and I enjoy that stuff because I'm such a I'm a sports nut anyway. So I enjoy watching college basketball. I enjoy watching pro basketball. I, I love the evolution of athletes, and I love to see people grow. And it's why I enjoy Ring of Honor. It's why I used to love NXT. It's why I I um sometimes I haven't done it in a while, but sometimes I'll like AEW Dark better than I do the other show because I'm that weird guy that I like to talk in segments, but sometimes I just want to watch guys wrestle. Mm-hmm. And um or or New Japan. It took me a while to get used to the I'm gonna hit you the test of strength moments and test of will moments mm-hmm. in New Japan matches. It took me a long time to get used to that because they're not like really it's wrestling, so you're not really hitting each other. You know what I mean? So the test of strength for seven minutes in a 30 minute match can throw me off sometimes. Cause that's not really what's happening here. Yeah. However, 
once I got past that, New Japan opened me up to a whole new way of storytelling. You know what I mean? Because you start mm-hmm. to realize, oh, this is more of a video game fight sequence. And he's building his strength for a moment. They're telling me who the characters are in the ring, not outside. Well, it, and it has a lot to do with culture and what different cultures see as traits that are to be admired. Mm-hmm. Like American wrestling is a offshoot of American, you know, attitudes. Mexican wrestling is an offshoot of what they think are the, the, you know, speed, agility, mm-hmm. you know, fast movement, that kind of stuff. Japanese wrestling, the, the virtue of, you know, perseverance in the face of, you know, st- standing in front, front of the guy and taking the shot and then taking, putting the shot back, you know, the samurai kind of, I'm mm-hmm. not running, I'm not hiding, I'm just going to stand here and take it, and then I'm going to give it back to you. Right. You know? Right, it's right. The, you, you get to see if you – It's there's a lot of psychology of the cultures involved as to what they find to be enjoyable. Exactly. I totally agree with you. I feel like it, it reminds me a lot of how football is, but not American football, soccer, right? Yeah. Foo, foo, proper football. Proper football. Yeah. You know, you watch European teams play. France plays one way. England plays another way. Uh, Spain plays one way. Mexico plays another way. The U.S. Brazil plays different from everybody else. Right. Right. Japan plays different of all of that because, you know, America is a little bit of a mix up of every place else anyway. You know what I mean? So it's kind Uh of, it's really neat to watch how these sports evolve. And like, I remember this guy asked, uh, who was the head coach they asked? Years and years ago, they asked a guy why um, Latino baseball players were all first-pitch fastball hitters. Because generally, it's more so now than it used to be, but generally kind of like to see a pitch before they go for it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, especially nowadays where it's all kind of sit and spin and try to drive the ball out of the park instead of what they used to do in the bigs. But a guy said, look, man, if you know you don't take ball four and get off the islands. you got to hit the ball to get off the island." You know, mm-hmm. so they're all first pitch fastball hitters because they're, they know what they have to do to, to, to get, they don't have time to waste. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just funny. I'll give you another, Go I ahead. like that. I'll give you another weird one. If you watch Thai boxing, Muay Thai, mm-hmm. those dudes don't do much. First two rounds, they, they'll just sit there, they'll pick, they'll throw a couple punches, throw some, couple testing kicks, you know, some basic stuff. They won't really throw a lot of stuff. Then third round, fourth round, fifth round, everything just goes way up because they don't start stop the betting. The game, the bookies don't stop the betting until after the second round. <laughs> That's amazing. Traditionally, and it, so you watch those dudes, and they'll they'll go slow. They'll go slow for those first two rounds. All the fighting disciplines obviously mirror their where they were developed. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. like, like Mexican boxing is different from European boxing, which is different from, mm-hmm. and, and, and as well as, of course, MMA is even more so with judo and jujitsu and how that whole thing. It's all fun, man. I, I love all that stuff. Hey, so this has been, I had a good time. It wasn't great, I too, man. but I kind of see where they're going and I think I'll enjoy it. I think so too. Yeah. All right. So for my man, Justin, for me, KP, this has been a go home heat production. Copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And Justin. Go home.